Happy to be joined here uh, by former Governor Bill Walker on Zoom. How you doing, Governor? I'm doing fine, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. We're, uh, we're on the Zoom because of the COVID. But I was just talking to you before the podcast, and you were saying, I think your last interview as governor was with me, right? It was. It absolutely was. I remember it well. And, and uh, my guess, it was on Thursday afternoon, about 4 o'clock. I was coming back from Jay Bear from an event out there. And uh, I got a call from, from Austin Baird that said, uh, that you wanted to do an interview? I said, absolutely, no problem. So we did. Uh, little did we know that the next morning, um, the world would change, whatnot. But uh, yeah, you were, you were the last interview I gave. That was the earthquake. Yeah. I was the prelude to the quake, right? Yeah, you were the prelude to the quake, exactly. Yeah, I was in that elevator coming down from the 18th floor when it hit. And I just thought, you know, I was in the 64 quake. And uh, so I'm thinking, wow, this is an interesting bookends of uh, uh oh. I, uh, of my my time, but anyway, it was an interesting day for sure. I was just getting out of bed, and I, I remember it vividly. I was very scared. Yeah, was, you were you were in the elevator, right? I was in the elevator myself, and and uh, one of my security, uh, this the two of us, and I actually had done something I'd not ever done before. I, I took a cup of coffee with me, uh, headed to the car, and uh, I was trying to keep that coffee from spilling. And then finally, I realized this is not the biggest issue keeping the <laughs> coffee from spilling. What not is the elevator would stop. And then it would start again, and it would stop, and it was walking back and forth. And I just, at first, thought it was the elevator. The elevator in the Iowa building. You know, I was there long before as governor, as a, as a tenant. I had an office, law office there. <clears throat> so I used to always complain about the elevators. I thought, boy, this is, this finally happened. The elevators are giving way. And uh, so you, you thought you were going, you thought the elevator was going down. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, boy. Down, but it would stop, and then it would start up again, and it would stop, and so it sort of fits and starts and shaking and whatnot. So it was pretty amazing. You mentioned Austin. He, he's still here working in the Capitol, but I think it was him or Grace. Someone told me then they went back to the one of the top floors after it, right after it happened, and people were in like a state of just shock because it was so violent on the top floor. <clears throat> they were, and I had some things that I had to do that I was going to do on, on, on Friday uh, that didn't get done. And so I had asked some of my staff to come back and do it on Friday. And they said, Governor, we will, we'll meet you anywhere but the 18th floor of the <laughs> So we met all around town in various ground floor conference rooms to, to finish up some signings, uh, some issues with, uh, with uh, the Golcana on, on some land transfers and stuff. Uh, so we did that on uh, actually at Otna's office on, uh, uh, on Friday or Saturday, but yeah, they, they just said, no, we're not going to go back up there. So, and, and there was a, no, middle of the aftershocks, but there was a, the governor, then you were still governor, but governor then Dunleavy was elect was about to take over. And there was a couple of days when a four day period or something where there was kind of a transition or. There was, and, and what I did was I actually invited um, uh, governor Dun, the governor elect Dunleavy at that time uh, and his chief of staff uh, into our cabinet meeting. Uh, because I said, you need to, you know, because the cabinet was reporting to me every few hours what was happening, and um, especially uh, Commissioner Lucan on DOT. So I said, you need to, you need to be part of this. So please uh, come join us uh, in this, um, uh, in this discussion. I got a call from the President Trump. We got a lot of stuff was happening that day. So, so yeah, it's kind of unusual to have a transition that the oh. governor attend the uh, the last uh, cabinet meeting of the uh, of the outgoing governor or whatnot but it was it was appropriate and, and we did it so well, it was a 
I think everybody who was here is never going to forget that day. No, no, no. Well, there's a lot I want to talk to you about. I mean, this is, I was talking to you before we started. You, you, you've you kind of been a little bit silent. You haven't done a lot of interviews or, or media in the last couple of years. Um, is there a reason for that or you just kind of well, want to? Yeah, a couple of reasons. One, one is that, that, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, we only, only have one governor at a time. And so I didn't want to sort of, you know, jump in and, uh, and sort of weigh in on things. So I, I said no to a lot of interviews that uh, they want, you know, something would come up. They want to know what, how we'd feel about it. And I, you know, I'd say, you know, we have one governor at a time. I respect that. Uh, secondly, you know, as a, as a, we left uh, Alaska and went to uh, move to Cambridge because I was uh, selected to be a, one of the six fellows at, uh, at the Harvard um, Institute of Politics, the Kennedy School. Right. So I Cambridge for that. And so that took me out of state and, and uh, uh, for a period of time, I didn't actually get back. We left in January. I didn't get back until May, I think is what it was. And uh, ultimately, so, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a different kind of busy. Um, I mean, I always stay busy, but it's a different kind of busy. So you, you were there during kind of right before the COVID thing started and then you stayed through, you said June, right? May or June? Right. We were there. And, um, and then we went on spring break um, from Harvard spring break. We, we actually went to had a sort of a family reunion with our, our, our kids and grandkids. And then we were on that when the COVID really hit. And so Harvard said, stay put, don't move, do everything else by Zoom. So we did the, the last part of the, of the semester uh, by Zoom. So, and then after that, the program got cut short, I guess. Uh, no, we actually ended it on, on schedule, and then they, you know, now this this year they have it. Uh, it's all on uh, online, uh, Zoom, whatnot. The, uh, you know, Governor Bullock of, of Montana is one of the uh, uh, one of the fellows this year. Uh, Bill Crystal, um, a number a number of folks. Interesting, um, um, you know, Jeff Flake was before we were there. Um, you know, uh, Jesse just, Ventura was a was a fellow. Um, I, just, I just watched the Jeff Flake interview on this new Frontline episode. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was it was called uh, Trump's American Carnage. It was new Frontline, but um, he was interviewed. He was one of the main interviewers. Oh, okay. The okay. Frontline will do the main show, but then they do the interview of the person, the whole thing. So fascinating oh, interview to listen to him, him yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the 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 big news, you know, one, I'm glad the very timely. You you were very, you know, everybody knows you as so they say Bill Walker. They usually think about the gas line, and um, you know, I always tell people I moved here in '04, and in '06 I was working for a car. My friend, Russian guy hired me to kind of, I was 21 and I was running his car lot. And that's when Palin announced a GIA. And, you know, I didn't know I was 21. I didn't really follow this stuff, but I remember my, my Russian buddy was like, oh my God, we make so much money, like big 500 <laughs> billion gas, you know? And then it's like every couple of years, some announcement happens and you, you were maybe pretty close with the Chinese and um, that didn't you know pan out. And now AGDC is talking about maybe trying to get some federal money. I, I found some contracts between um, former Governor Parnell and former Governor Begich. I don't know if you heard about those for, um, you know, trying to leverage up some federal money. And there was a board meeting yesterday and you guys had a press conference, your kind of new group last month, I guess a month mm -hmm. ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, maybe, yeah, just, maybe just talk a little bit about, I think, you know, the public gets very excited sometimes, but it feels like every time an announcement happens, it just it doesn't, you know, that doesn't pan out for, you know, 50 years now. Yeah. Well, I mean, every governor, every every governor gets to sort of you know do it their way, so to speak, and and so um, you know sometimes um, what I said is that when I ran, I said I will continue what uh, the previous administration has done. Uh, I will not start over. Starting over takes a lot of time, and you lose momentum when you do that. You know, I was pretty pretty vocal against taking it taking it through Canada, the whole GIA process, and you know. 
um, you know, taking it down into the ACO trading hub in the lower 48, where there's an abundance of gas and the shale gas was starting and all that. So I was pretty vocal against that. When they finally sh shifted over uh, to taking it to Tidewater, and I, I, okay, now we're now we're talking. We're getting back to what uh, Governor Hickel, Governor Egan did with the Yukon Pacific Corporation. So, so I, you know, anything that brings it towards Tidewater is a good start. I mean, that's the philosophy, and and uh, so. Um, although I, I've got to say the time I spent with the market, um, specifically with, with, you know, with President Moon of, of uh, Korea, South Korea, and uh, Prime Minister Suga of Japan, uh, you know, with the president of uh, Mr. Hiroshi, the president of Tokyo Gas, uh, who actually came to Juno, brought his wife and spent a week there with us, um, uh, you know, President Xi of China, President of Vietnam, you know, those, the Asian countries, the market is, is what's really key, and, and, and it's, it's getting filled up. You know, it concerns me that that um, that is being uh, filled up in Alaska is not uh, is not part of that of that anymore. So, so if I could turn. if if uh, and I think you know a lot of folks say this is I talked to Larry personally and some others and probably very unlikely. But if there was federal money to build a gas line from the North Slope to Fairbanks, if that would be I mean, is that a start or is that maybe just a kind of pie in the sky? Well, I think the concern with that, I mean, it's from what I what I, I read about it, it looks like it'll deliver gas to Fairbanks a little bit higher than it is right now. But, it, you know, it um, the concern is that, that, you know, we the markets are getting filled. I mean, a, a BP, you know, shortly after their announcement of selling uh, out of Alaska to uh, uh, to Hillcorp, they announced their nine billion dollar LNG contract with uh, with co-gas. Well, that was our contract with co-gas. We had enough. We had. Mm -hmm a contract like that with go gas and so they're going to supply it out of the u.s gulf coast someplace they don't even they don't even know we're going to get the gas but or maybe they do they haven't said publicly but i mean the point is is that you know uh to do to start a project to do a project without engaging with the market and have a market for it you know that's what's going to bring the price of gas down to a dollar uh versus what what the discussion is is the as the you know, whenever I was in Seoul, Korea, I'd look out, there's, you know, one block of Seoul, Korea was our population of our state, I think, or at least it felt that way. And, you know, they have the population, no resources, we have the resources, and we have a small population. So we, we you know, it, we're a perfect fit for the Asian, which we've done since 1969. So what would you say happened? You know, it seemed to me that the Chinese deal with the President Xi, President Trump, the, the Sinopec, I mean, there was the, I mean, it, to me, it appeared there was signatures. There was that big summit. Um, it felt to me like that was maybe closer, at least since I've been here. Uh, what, what, what really? I mean, what would you say happened there? Was it the Was it a new governor? Was it other factors? Well, it was a combination of things. If I was actually in in uh, in China when they um, they sort of made peace on the uh, on some of the trade agreements, and, and while we were there, um, then it fell apart. And and so there was the the tension with the with the U.S. and and uh, uh, certainly a change in a state administration, a different philosophy, and whatnot. So things sort of uh, they they decided you no know, that they didn't want to continue on with the 15 MOUs that we had with the Asian market. It wasn't just China; it was certainly China, Korea, Japan, Vietnam. Uh, so um, they chose not to continue on, and that's certainly their prerogative to do that. And uh, so because of that, I, I think we need to you know. Uh, find out. I'd love to find out if we still have the momentum. I know we have the relationships, and you know, Jeff, it wasn't just that. You know, we were the we were the LNG project selected out of. There's probably 40 LNG projects in Lower 48 uh, that were that were vying for the position that we got. Uh, we got selected to the signing table. 
you know, and I'm sitting there with the, with the president of, of Boeing, sitting there with the president of, of uh, Goldman Sachs. You know, we, we, were at the, we were at the big big folks table, no question about that, uh, on that signing. And it wasn't just what happened there. That went out, you know, internationally, and that put Alaska on the map. And, and you know, as far as, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies uh, and countries at the highest level said to me, Governor, we, we just didn't know you had gas in Alaska. We just didn't know that. Really? So we had spent um, $600 million on engineering and whatnot, but really hadn't focused much on the market. I mean, Mar- the, marketing, trips, the marketing piece. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, there'd been trips there. I know that the Governor Parnell had been to the Asian market and he'd spoken at various conferences and that's good, but it's, it's really, you gotta, you gotta sit down and say, here's the deal. This is conventional gas. This is not shale gas. We don't go explore for it. We just stop putting it back in the ground. I mean, it's the most secure supply in on in probably in the world, quite honestly, of, of conventional gas. So, so, so there was this new group in November. It was uh, you, Bernie Carl, uh, Joey Merrick, and I think one more person, right? That was at the. Well, you know, we we, we came together, you know, because just knowing, you know, Bernie went with me to the uh, to the market. Yeah, if you ever have, do you know Bernie? I've met him a few times uh, yeah, when I was much yeah. younger. I went to the hot springs once and had a oh, yeah. fascinating <clears throat> Great guy. conversation. Well, he was a, he was a pretty significant naysayer on, on this project and uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the, the gas line until we went to the market with it. We took about 40 or 50 Alaskans to the, uh, to, to the market and, and uh, sort of a trade mission. And he was he and his wonderful wife, Connie, were part of that. And uh, boy, he came back on fire for this project because he saw how we were received. It wasn't because it was me; it was just because it was it was Alaska, and and uh, so he was. Uh, so anyway, so Bernie's always been fired up since then about it. Uh, Joey uh, Merrick had just because of the you know for lots of reasons because he was on AGGC board. He saw firsthand what was happening, the momentum. And so he said, you know, let's let's continue this. So so yeah, we put together a a, a group to. Uh, uh, to do it on the private sector and we did it because the board the agc board took action saying by the end of the year they're going to select somebody uh to transition it over to we said okay well we didn't and if there isn't anybody then they were going to put it out and and potentially you know sell it off for for scrap and we certainly didn't want that so so we put this together and, and made a proposal to see if uh if, if you know if there's no one out there that if there's someone better than us please select them uh, if there isn't, then we'd be happy to pick this up and, and put it put together a private consortium of Alaskans. So, I mean, it sounds like they may, might, might have some idea. I mean, I know that after you guys did your conference, they sent a letter and and then yesterday at the board meeting, Joey Merrick testified and it, it sounds like, I don't want to say tension, but it seems like maybe there's not a, a lot of love going on. Is that maybe <laughs> the way to put it? Well, <clears throat> there's, there's not enough communication to know if it's not love or what, but uh, uh, we haven't heard back, and, and, and I mean, I have met with a board member and, and, and whatnot, but uh, so, you know, for whatever reason, they chose not to engage with us, but we're hopeful that now if they want to talk about a line to Fairbanks, a uh, large line to Fairbanks, that, that's that's the easier end of it, quite honestly, and, and we pick it up in Fairbanks and take it on south to, uh, you know, to Nikiski for a, a LNG terminal, the, the permits are there, export licenses are there, and, and uh, you know, let's, let's, let's finish it, let's do it all at once. I mean, it, it is, uh, I've heard this from several people, it is basically the the um, big mega mega project shovel ready in Alaska right now, right? Is that kind of the only mega project that's ready to go? Well, and I, I'm just, I mean, shovel ready might be, I mean, I mean, I'm sometimes a little bit careful about that. We have a lot of permits. 
uh, there's there's you know many more permits. I should say it's a, the senior permits are in place. I mean, so that that's helpful. The FEIS, so the Final Environmental Impact Statement. I mean, there's some litigation associated, which is typical. But um, I mean, the, the senior permits are there. There's a lot of, you know, there's probably a thousand permits you have to get. I mean, every every time there's an outhouse, every time there's a, you know anything, mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots of permits. But the senior permits are there. That's correct. Did and, Governor Hickel didn't he just say just ah just do you know, just don't you know. <laughs> yeah he was pretty much that way. And, and although they got they got all the they got all the senior permits. I mean, Yukon Pacific plus they engaged with the market. They were engaging with the market as well. So. Um, they would have built it. I mean, my goodness, they 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 had everything that, that uh, that's available now. Uh, the difference is the you know the export license, of course, is not in the state's name. It's in the you know Exxon BP and Conoco, and the land is not in their name. It's that's still owned by the LLC, which is Exxon BP and Conoco. Mm -hmm. So, but those are those are technicalities that can be can be cured. What about uh, you know last year or two? There's been these banks have stopped financing. Uh, fossil fuel development and, and now the new administration is um, they've President Biden signed executive orders about Anwar and um, not gas necessarily but definitely it's it seems like things aren't as friendly with with administration and the banks um, saying they don't want to finance is, is that how much of an impact is that on this if this were to you know happen that yeah I, I think the impact is sometimes somewhat more of optics than it is in reality. I mean, on something like this, the, the financing most likely would come from the, the market, the people that are that are buying it. What you do is you, you know, it's project finance. You you take the long-term contracts you have. You It's kind of like if you're building a commercial building in Anchorage today, you couldn't go out and get financing to build an empty building. You have to go out and sign, show signed leases for probably 80%, 90% of the, of the building and whatnot. Mm -hmm thing on this project is that you require that and then you go to the international markets to uh, uh, you know for for funding and, and whatnot the international markets look at it a bit differently and and of course this you know natural gas is a is a is a bridge fuel uh, to alternative and even when when President Obama came to Alaska his comment to uh, to Byron myself actually Don as well we're in the where we're in the on the I guess it's called the beast. Uh, headed over to the uh, the Captain Cook from uh, Jaber where we landed. Um, you know, we talked about that. Byron asked him about about uh, offshore. He said, "Look, you know, we're still going to need oil into our economy in America. We, we might as well use it from our own resources and bring it in from from someplace else." And my point's always been that you know we do it better than anybody else from an environmental standpoint. Uh, so why not do it under under, under a, a strict environmental you know, um, criteria that we abide by in the North Slope, you know that, you've worked up there, mm -hmm. um, versus someplace in, I don't want to pick on Russia, with your buddy from the car lot in Russia, but <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, they do it differently in Russia. And so- well, That's so, true. And even President President Obama. Uh, I, so. I was on a rig, I didn't work, I was up there a little bit here and there with my old job, and I never did a shift, you know, I never did hitches two or three weeks, but I was up there for, you know, four or five, six days at a time, and we were on a rig once, and they had a very tiny, um, the rig had a very tiny hydro hydraulic fu uh, fluid leak. I mean, it was almost nothing. I mean, everything stopped. They, you know, cleaned it up. It was a bit, you know, it was, and you know, you see those pictures of maybe it's better now in Russia, but especially in the Soviet times. I mean, it was just you know, <laughs> not good. Not good. <laughs> no, 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 no dust around the drill rigs in Russia. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, they have, they have the drip panned under every vehicle up there. They, I mean, they're just they go to the nth degree. To uh, to you know and so anyway I, I I think that that's the difference and that's been what, what about the the administration administration side with you know the Senate's now um, 
it's split, but you know, President or Vice President Harris has the tiebreaker, and then the House is Democrat, and then the president obviously is Democrat. So mm-hmm. is that a, you know factor? Well, you know, I think that I think that uh, there there was discussion during the uh, uh, the debate. I know uh, uh, you know Senator Klobuchar was was certainly talking about um, LNG as in, in natural gas uh, as a something positive. The Secretary of Energy yesterday. Uh, the new Secretary of Energy came out and, and said that she was going to support LNG and whatnot. So, but I don't know. I don't think that. I mean, sometimes the word oil and gas is blended together. Yeah, uh, we're just talking about gas, and and we're talking about a gas that has half the emissions of, of oil. Uh, and and we're looking at uh, what our plan was, and, and and if we are involved, would still be the same. We're shipping to a place that uh, uh, that has some of the the worst emitters in the world. And so the carbon offset is significant from this project. So if you really want to do some do something about the uh, clean up the environment, you know, there's no no question natural gas has a big a big. And here we sit with all this, you know, 8.4 billion cubic feet a day is reinjected in the ground in Alaska. Nobody in the world does that. So so anyway, I Jeff, I could talk for days. I, I know that's why that's why I said normally I do about. 30 I love minutes. to. I love to because it's 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 you know here's the deal, Jeff. Alaska is a resource state, okay? We've always been a resource state and we've made our revenue based on our resources being exported. And we, we, we live off of that, you know, if we didn't let, you know, if fish didn't go to Seattle or, or Asia, you know, there's a, there's a ship a week, I believe, out of Dutch Harbor to Asia uh, with fish on it. So if fish, timber, coal, you know, we sold coal to Korea for, for decades out of, out of Seward, uh, out of the Usabelli mine and, 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 you know, employed hundreds of people at that. So it's all about the export of our, of our non-renewable resources. But our goal really was to turn the non-renewable into renewable, kind of following the, the Hammond plan and whatnot. But if we don't export it, you know, here's my concern. I, I, my concern is that as, we, as the world changes, which is changing, I mean, it always does, as we go closer to the renewable, I don't want Alaska to have a... <laughs> equivalent of a, of a warehouse of, full of, you know, Polaroid film. Uh, and, and, and that's what I hope, I mean, doesn't happen as far as our, our oil and gas. That's why we need, to, we need to develop as quickly as possible while we can and put that revenue into the permanent fund so we can grow the permanent fund. That's what we need to do. That's Alaska's future, quite honestly. And, and, and that's where I wanted, that's why I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I wanted to go next. I mean, I'm, I'm here in Juneau and I've been here the last, uh, unfortunately I wasn't, I first came to Juno in 19. So I didn't, when I started the, the website, um, I was still in Anchorage. So I didn't spend time in session when you were your last um, session, but you know, I follow this stuff very closely now. And, and I tell people all the time, I, I, I said, you can disagree with the governor Walker's plan or not, you know, you could hate it or love it, but you tried to do it. And now, you know, I, I watch these finance committee meetings. There's no money left. There's less than a billion dollars in the CBR. All that money's gone. There's the P, you mentioned the renewable resource. You 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 got the POMV passed, and you know we used to have 90% revenue oil. Now it's about 70 permanent fund draw, but there's really no other. I mean, there's a little bit of oil taxes here and there, which is much less than the the draw. But there's no money left. There's pension obligation liabilities in the billions, um, and there's no really plan to raise any kind of revenue. And you can't cut spending because they've they've, as you know, you you did that. I mean, it yeah. got cut since about 2012. 2013. Um, and I'm just, you know, somebody who's 36 and live here, I, I really worry. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? And, and do you wish you, you could have done more to, you know, under the legislature, it was difficult. It was definitely very um, contentious. 
Well, it was challenging. And, and I did have a plan that everybody could find something they hated about the plan. There were lots of it that I didn't, I didn't like about the plan, but I just felt that if everybody gives a little something, uh, you know, one, you know, one, in one way or another, then we can, we can, we can pull this out. You know, our, our plan was to, was to take all the state revenue we had of all the savings accounts and CBRs and everything and dump them all into the permanent fund and grow that permanent fund. You know, we get that permanent fund to a hundred billion dollars and it kicks off four and a half percent, five percent. Well, that there's a state budget. That's it. Yeah. So we did, we came in with, with oil at 80, 80% of the uh, 90% of our revenue and, and left with it at 30%. So that was a big, you know, 26, Senate Bill 26. And, and uh, you know, the, the Republican Senate, uh, they passed that. Uh, actually the first the first time they passed that on some of the some of the reductions on the permanent fund as well. So, you know, we ran into some problems with, with uh, some legislators that honestly said to me, one of them said to me in, in tears, you know, she said, I, you're right. The governor, you're right. I said, "Wow, I'm, well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I, I, I appreciate your support." And, and uh, she said, "Oh no, 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 no! Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to support anything you're trying to do because I would never get reelected, whatnot." And, and uh, um, so she said, "My constituents don't understand." I said, "Well, okay." I mean, it's it's a real, you know, conundrum for me because I, I see these folks. I talked to a lot of them, and they they do. I mean, most of them really they want to get reelected, and they'll they'll say things privately and they'll do the opposite publicly but it's a conundrum because you, you did a lot of things which most especially the, the vetoing of the, the pfd that was probably the big one um and you didn't seem at all really too concerned you did run for re-election until right at the end but you know look what you know you, you don't do something that everybody wants and you don't get reelected. and if you do it and you get reelected, but you don't do the right thing you know it's a real conundrum and i don't know what the solution is but look, we see where we are now and it's i don't think the state's in a, a good place at all well, Jeff, you know, my, my philosophy was, I, I, and I said it during my, one of my state of the states, I said, you know, I ran for the job to do the job, not to keep the job. And if I did it, made every decision so that I would keep the job, uh, boy, shame on me. And so that's just not my, that, I mean, I, I mean, it, they were very difficult. Every, all of them were very difficult decisions. Don't get me wrong. They were horrifically dis difficult. You know, the dividend reduction is very disproportionate. It very disproportionately impacts the uh, the lower income. There's no question about that. That was very painful to do that. But I, I, I look at the long game. I look at the vision for Alaska. Uh, I look at the services we provide for, for those that are less fortunate and, and those who are at risk and whatnot. So, so I, um, yeah, it was a, it was a difficult uh, time, but it was one that we all knew we were going, we were going to face. Governor Hammond was very clear about that. Uh, uh, that, that he's actually said he felt sorry for the governor that had to face this when, you know, when, when things went upside down financially. And, and I, I just didn't know I was going to be governor when that happened. So. I, I know we, you know, we don't get do overs, but if, if you could go back, would you, would you still have vetoed the, the dividend in 15? You know, I, I, you know, I probably, somebody had to step up and, and uh, you know, the Senate had already done it. I, I followed the Senate, the Senate, I mean, they had already passed the bill that would have reduced it to a thousand dollars. So the Senate had already done that. The problem was with, it was with the house. We couldn't get the house to, uh, to move that legislation along and whatnot. So, you know, as painful as it was, uh, as much as it haunts me today of having had to do that, uh, I gotta tell you $26 oil and that's where we were. Mm -hmm. The sky was falling and you don't get a no you know, uh, when it's going to stop falling. So it was, it was a, um, a, a horrific time uh, as far as, you know, we reduced the budget, you know, by, by multi-billions. And so it was tough. And so I, I you know, I, I, if there, if I, you know, in hindsight, if I found a better solution, 
um, then I then I I certainly would do it, would have done it. And uh, but I haven't nothing sort of jumped up at this point. And now the, the the whole permanent fund issue has become the political football of who can promise the the most. And there's there's real benefit to Alaskan to receive a high dividend, but it's also benefit to Alaskan to have you know good education and public safety and you know, highways and roads and marine highways and those things. So that's what you have to balance. Well, I've, I've said, you know, you, you did the, the Senate did that first, but I think when you vetoed it, that was the, that was the big one. But after that, every year it's been the legislature. And um, I, I tell people you get, you gave them a lot of cover because <laughs> most people don't all they, oh, you know, the governor did it. And it's, uh, I mean, if you could, if well, you could, go ahead. The, the governor doesn't have the checkbook. The legislature has the checkbook. Right. And so that that's what is sometimes confusing that, you know, a governor can't say, well, I will give you this, this, this size permanent fund because the governor doesn't determine that it's the legislature, you know, sets the upper limit. The governor can certainly reduce it, uh, but they can't do the upper limit whatnot. So there's some confusion there sometimes, especially during elections. Yeah. Maybe more, <laughs> more real, especially. Um, I guess another question I want to ask you is, is watching everything now and seeing what's going on. Um, if you could have done one more thing or one thing different, uh, what, what would that have been on, on this fiscal uh, issue? Well, I mean, when my hands were pretty tied, Jeff, as you, as you, as you have said many times, well, as far as it, I mean, it's really, the, you know, what, what could I have done to get the legislature to sort of move the ball uh, a bit more and, and protect the, the $18 billion? What I would have done differently, looking back, I would have paid off the unfunded liabilities of, this, of, the, of the state on, on the, the retirement I would have paid those off out of the $18 billion. I would have paid every, I would have put up every penny towards deferred maintenance out of that. I mean, I would have taken, you know, um, about the first year into uh, into the uh, my term, Commissioner Hoffbeck came to me. He said, Governor, I have some, uh, some news, some news you're not gonna like. I said, well, get in line. There's a lot of news I'm not liking. <laughs> so what's going on? He said, well, I did some research and Randy Hoffbeck was a great guy. I don't know if you knew him, but just a great guy. He said, you know, I looked at every every sovereign that was, you know, dependent upon resource for revenue, and almost every one of them went broke before they made the turn. I mean, making the turn means you, you go back to the typical, you know, like every other state in the union, some sort of, you know, revenue or sales tax, income tax, something like that. Mm-hmm. I said, Wendy, well, that's just not going to, you know, that's just not going to be the case here. I mean, yeah, we have $18 billion in the bank, but... Uh, but they're going to make the turn before that. We're going to we're going to cure this, and and uh, we're going to be able to use that that money for other things. Well, in hindsight, I it, you know so it became it sometimes becomes the uh, hiding place as far as it's it people can you know be pulled out of this fund and that fund. You know people don't pay a lot of attention to what fund balances are. I think they are now. I think they do now. So I, I think in hindsight, Jeff, I would have I would have paid down, tried to pay down as much as I was allowed to under the authority. Uh, all of our unfunded uh, obligations, uh, I absolutely would. Well, we, we, you know, I think we definitely, a long time ago when I was studying economics, I mean, I'll never forget the resource curse. That's uh, the one mm. I never, never forgot. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. We, we definitely um, experience, I think, experienced that. You know, I, I, today there was actually, today there was a presentation in Senate Finance about the unfunded pension obligations and, and they're estimated with PERS and TERS at over 6 billion. And I remember, I recall this and someone I called somebody to ask, you guys had pitched pension obligation bonds in 2015 or 16, right? That would have, right. Now that's a gamble because of the market. I mean, some States bought them before the big crash and they got, they, they got hurt. But mm-hmm. if we would have this, I think Senate finance kind of stopped it, but if they would have done the pension obligation bonds back then, this liability would be very, 
very much, very much lower. It, it would be, it would be. And, and we tried to be creative in, in what we did. And, and uh, Pat Pitney did a phenomenal job and, and uh, uh, Sheldon Fisher did a tremendous job as, as commissioner of, of revenue. And, and so, yeah, we tried to be creative in what we did, but we, tr we ran to the fire. I guess that's what we did, Jeff, is that we ran to the, to the crisis to say, let's, let's, let's not kick the can Let's address it head on and, and, and give me three options and prioritize those options. And, you know, some of them were successful. Some of them were not successful. Uh, yeah. the, the other one you guys tried was the uh, bonding for the oil tax credits, which went through a right. huge loss, you know, lawsuit to the, the Supreme Court ruled um, unconstitutional in September. And, and now that actually ruled other bonding entities uh, no, no longer, or I saw a presentation about other I forget the names, mm -hmm. but certain other entities aren't able to issue bonds now. So, so those liabilities yeah. are still out there. Those oil tax credits are, I think, almost a billion, a billion dollars. Or they have a bunch of hired hired lobbyists now. They're trying to get their yeah, trying to get well. And, and you know, that's something that we we obviously we tried to address. We knew we couldn't. We could only make the you know, it's kind of like in your credit card when you're having tough times. You make the the, the minimum payment, uh, and and you know that you're obligated to pay. We did that. I'd love to pay them off. And you know, in hindsight, if I'd known that, that there was going to be no new revenue was going to be proposed, I would have paid those off as well and said, let's just pay down all of our obligations. Now, let's sit down and, and have a discussion about how we're going to go forward. And, and without living off of, you know, at that point, you're debt free. It's a different discussion. So uh, again, uh, my first preference was to put it all into the permanent fund to grow the permanent fund to $100 billion and, and, and call it good. Uh, and, then, and then beyond, obviously. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, I think we could have gotten there, but the other option, if that wasn't going to happen, let's pay down those obligations and, and not have them hanging around our neck. Um, so, something else I wanted to ask, and I don't know if you've ever been asked this publicly or not, but at the end of the you know, the campaign, you, you right, right before kind of got out because of the whole kind of thing that went down with, um, you know, former now deceased governor or Lieutenant Governor Malott. If, if that, I mean, was there discussion, there's been a lot of talk about discussions with Mark Begich and, and, um, somebody getting out regardless i mean was was what happened with lieutenant governor was that the catalyst was something going to happen anyways or was that just <laughs> well you know it, it may have but the whole thing is i mean even though you get out you're still on the ballot and it still makes it makes it awkward to so the fact that he got in and stayed in uh made it made it uh, very very difficult on a, on a three-way race there's no question about that i'm i'm pretty pleased with the what uh, some folks have done with the election system sent then that scenario couldn't play out again and i was gonna I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. The yeah. So I think that's a good thing. And and I think that other states are looking at what Alaska did, uh, open primaries, uh, no dark money, uh, ranked choice voting. I mean, it's sort of the Cadillac of, of changes. Some states have a, have one or two of those, right. but nobody has all three of them whatnot. So, so I think that's a good thing. We, we, we won't see that uh, scenario um, uh, come about uh, again under this, uh, this system. And I, I, I know very well too, when you run as independent, uh, a lot of things have to go your way and you know more than probably anybody but things have to go your way and and I, my my personal i've said this before the i didn't like the um i like the single primary but the ranked thing kind of I, my kind of worry is people are going to get confused because nobody nobody we don't vote like that uh, in, in this country for the most part so. <clears throat> well we might not vote that way we make a lot of other decisions that way uh in our, our in our personal lives and then you know you go to a theater and, and the movie you're trying to get into is is uh is full you look at you know what the other options and and uh, you do the same thing on a menu you do a lot of things we do on ranked choice just by the way we do things and and so so i think it's a good thing i i, I really do and and uh i wasn't very involved or involved at all in, in the the whole 
that whole process, but I, I've seen how it works elsewhere. My, my topic at Harvard and my, my fellowship was bridging the partisan divide. Um, one of the things that the very first question I got my very first group uh, with the students I had at Harvard was governor, how, how do we bring more civility to the process? How do we do that? And that's a, that's a tough one to answer. And, and one of the ways is, is the, uh, is the ranked choice voting because if you're if you are totally all you do is run a negative campaign against somebody you want to get that second vote you got to run as on on your record not necessarily you know i'm not as scary as the other guy uh so i i think it's i think it's uh, it's good if it brings back to bring back brings civility to the process i think that's a significant step in the right direction i've i've had so many uh mental exercises where i i look at some race and I look at four people and you know, you think of who's going to go, who's going to get recycled first, and then, and then where do the where do those vo other votes go? And I mean, it, it can drive you crazy trying to <laughs> trying to think about it. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be if it if it all stays in place. And I know there's some litigation they're talking about, but if it all stays in place, it'll be a fact. Because Maine doesn't. You're right. Nobody does this exact method, uh, the single primary and then rank choice. So uh, I think you know one person I talked to said their their concern was you could have a lot of independence in the legislature potentially. And then it's even like worse as far as how do they organize, you know, because right now the house is still organized. Well, maybe, they, maybe they don't organize, organize, maybe they just vote what they think is the best, what's best. And you know, the, the, the partisanship is really sometimes what it gets in the way of some of the stuff and, and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you talked to, I know, I think Scott's was certainly a, uh, very, was very involved in the legal side. Jason Grant was very inside. Very oh yeah, no, I I did a podcast with Scott and Jason and Shay, and okay. very very yeah. much in touch with those guys over over the course of the campaign. Yeah, and yeah. So I'm I'm excited about uh, um, about what I I think this can do because because of what I ran into personally when somebody you know sat there and not somebody many sat there not all we have some wonderful legislators and I think the world of them but but certainly some and some of them are not not there now uh, said you know I can't do this because I'll get primary. And uh, uh, you know now that that's that's been taken away. They can't. There's no such thing as being primaried anymore, just because the way it's been, it's been opened up. I think when primary uh, primary became a verb, you know, ten years ago, that, that's when a lot of this yeah accelerated. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and when when parties endorse candidates before the primary, they didn't used to do that either. And and so we certainly have seen that come out. So. So I, I think it, I think it's going to allow them to to make some tough decisions, make some right decisions, and that need to be made makes and, and potentially unpopular decisions because um, I, I think that this it's more of a more of an open open process. I got to ask guys. I saw a picture of you um, somewhere, and it looked like you uh, had a bit of a tan, maybe lost a little weight. Were you, what's it, what's it like not being governor? Is it a little, <laughs> a little more relaxed? I tell you, my less busy. My, uh, my weight loss program truly has to do with construction. I, I, my, I, I used to have what's called a thousand square foot diet. I, I build a thousand square feet of something. Uh, and I'm just, I, I like to work alone. I don't necessarily have a crew with me. I've done that in the past. So I add on a thousand square feet onto my commercial building in the summer in Valdez and, and add onto our house and uh, add onto our cabin and out at Nancy Lake. So, so yeah, I've been very active in the, you know, I, I probably made more sawdust in the last, uh, you had last 10 years. I think one of your daughters or somebody posted a picture of you with the, the lake, the Nancy Lake thing. I remember seeing that. Yeah. You were doing. Yeah. Do you ever, do you have, yeah, you know, it, it's been, it's been great, Jeff. I mean, I, 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 I still worry about the same things I worried about as governor, as far as the future of the state. And I look at our grandkids and our kids and, 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 you know, 
you talk about being 36. I've got one that's six. Uh, I've got one that's younger. I've got one that's it's, uh, one years old. And so, so I, I worry about you know, um, you know, fixing this in such a way that we really have an Alaska that that's going to grow and prosper and whatnot. And again, I I bring it all back to our resources. I, I really do. That's why I wrote the op-ed on on uh, on on, the, on animal. Um, and, and, you know, talked about the state getting involved in, in, in bidding those leases. I, I would have bid every single one of them, Jeff. I, I absolutely would have. Not the, not the fact that, that they're going to be developed. I hope they are. I don't think they are. But at least, you you know, when you, when you have that, uh, when you have that uh, lease, uh, you, have, you have leverage, you have bargaining chips, and you sit down at the table and say, all right, if we can't develop these resources, like we were promised under the statehood compact, mm-hmm. be compensated for that in some way. And so maybe that comes in play with the gas line, maybe something else. I don't know, but you know, you just can't take away our, you know, if 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 if, if Kansas couldn't grow wheat or Nebraska couldn't grow wheat anymore because the amber waves of grain, we'd like to just sort of see them rather than see them harvested. There'd be some compensation paid if that was the case, whatnot, even on federal land. Well, there's you know, years ago when I was studying history, I, I read Stephen Haycock's book, Alaska and American Colony, and uh, you know, it's a <laughs> Not much is, I mean, a lot's changed, but some hasn't changed in 100 years, 150 years, because we uh, we, we kind of get told a lot of cases what we can and can't do. And, and you, you know more than, better than most, all the resources we have in the state. Well, the thing is, we I, I still strongly believe we do it better than anybody else. We absolutely do better than anybody else. I mean, I what I would have done, I would have taken the financial institutions, <clears throat> I would have brought them to Alaska, I would have taken them up to the North Slope. I would have showed them, take them on a drill rig and showed them how we do business in Alaska. And um, you know, I, I you know I spent a lot of time with with uh, um, uh, oil search and not a lot of time, but um, some with uh, with uh, Karen Wolf and, and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, Alaska is is um, is a it's a great place to do business. Uh, you have to do it to a higher standard. We're the only only state I believe that requires a you know oil spill response you know contingency plan on every well and those kinds of things. Uh, the resources are there, and the difference is. On shale oil, shale gas, you have to keep drilling. It's like walking up a down escalator on, on shale. Uh, on what we do, you find it. You find it for a long time. So a significant difference in Alaska. Uh, last question. This, this is the big one. Is there any chance of a, of a Bill Walker on the ballot in the future? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I'm not surprised to hear the question, Jeff. Actually, I've, heard, I've heard that a lot lately. People are, people are, there's a lot of speculation now about, I mean, there's been speculation about, um, people are saying, you know, Mike Navarre, people are saying, um, oh my gosh, I'm thinking the name, the, the, your health commissioner, uh, Oh, commissioner Davidson, Val Davidson. Uh, Val Davidson. Yeah. That name, yeah. A, lot, a lot of names are being, being thrown yeah. around. So, well, here's how I answer that, Jeff. What, one is I, I've not said yes. I've not said no. I've gotten a lot of inquiries about what I'm, what I'm going to do and whatnot. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a solutions oriented person. I mean, I, a goal oriented as far as how do we fix Alaska? And so, uh, it's too soon to say absolutely one way or the other. Am I given some consideration? Of course I am. Uh, but am I, am I on the verge of any sort of an announcement? No. Um, if I was, I would probably do it right here on your podcast. I was going to say, if you, if you do make an announcement, you should let me I'm know. <laughs> we can, we can but, in you know, the future, future we can do that. But I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I will continue to look at, and again, if I don't, I don't, you know, it's not just a matter of, I, mean, I didn't run for governor just to be governor. I ran for governor to do the job and, and, and do, to, you know, I, and, and by as an independent, without the influence of, of one part or the other, you just do what's best for Alaska. 
uh, regardless. It's it's a great way to it's a great way to do it. And the team we had together, we brought together, I thought was a was a pretty a very impressive team of folks that most of them did not even apply. Most of them I went to their office and and, and asked them to join the team. And and so so I am I thinking about it? I do give it some thought, no question about that, as, as do many people. And I hope a lot of people give it some thought. So so we'll see. It's too soon to say yes or no. I'm not saying no. And sitting here today with you, I'm not saying yes. So we'll see. Um, uh, we'll see you down the road a bit. We'll, we'll, we'll be, I think everybody's going to be watching all this. So, uh, Governor, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time. I know I've been trying to get you for a while, but I know you were kind of laying low when you were doing the Harvard thing. So I'm glad. I think people yeah. are going to. Love to hear this and, and, and uh, hear from you about the all these topics. And I uh, hope you're doing well. You seem like you're doing pretty good. So yeah, we're doing fine. All the best to you. You look like you're doing well as, as well. So all the best in Juno, and we'll continue to uh, stay in touch as things come up. Okay, and please tell uh, your wife I said hi. Big big fan. I will. Donna Donna passes on her hellos as well. Okay, thank you so much, Governor Walker, for doing the podcast. I really do appreciate it. You bet. My pleasure. Thanks, Jim. And folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, uh, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Land, land.